0: The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus in D.C. and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com.
2: This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello. Help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, dot com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more.
0: Welcome to the Ringers Philly Special! Philadelphia Eagles with what I would call their best win of the season their most complete win of the season 35 to 10 over the Titans one of those you know Gardner Minshew comes in you can turn your attention to the other games if you're watching at home in the fourth quarter not how I expected this to go if you listen to last week's show not how Benny Soule's expected this to go if you listen to last week's show the what game else was over new, man we just can't what else? we, we don't break right. this team no, what, what else is new? Uh, complete domination. A fantastic Sunday for the Eagles. Benny Soles, how are we feeling?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, like, this plus Jimmy Garoppolo injury for the 49ers. 49ers now a third string quarterback, 268th overall pick, Brock Purdy starting for the rest of the season. Like, I- I've never been more, yeah, Eagles are winning the Super Bowl than I am in this moment. I'm feeling good. <laughs>
0: Listen, you don't 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 start calling your friends, uh, planning the trip. But if you want to go on your various apps and check out some hotel rooms in Scottsdale, uh, some Disagree. hotel rooms. Disagree. Start planning the, the trip. I start, start planning. You start You're allowed to call out. now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah you, you, I you mean, might be I'm, right, I'm planning my trip. to Scottsdale. i will
1: be there. <laughs> All right. That's well, independent of the Eagles, but still, I'm planning.
0: It's uh, it it might be time. I mean, what a performance, offense, defense. The way they did it, I mean, you had the comments last week that you're going to find out, uh, you know, if you love football, how much do you like football against this team? And like at the end, it was the Titans who basically had to wave the white flag and be like, all right, we are going to look ahead to next week. I'm going to start out with my, my big picture impression. I want to give a hat tip to the coaching staff. This week, this team runs for 363 yards. Last week, we talked about it in the preview pod. Titans had a great run defense. Now, if you're the Eagles, you could come out and say, Who cares? We ran the ball against a very good New Orleans Saints run defense last year. We can run the ball against anybody. We've got the best offensive line in football. You could have come out and you could have done that. They didn't do that. They realized their best chance to win this game was to win their one-on-one matchups with A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, trust Jalen Hurts to make plays in the passing game, get them the football, and that's exactly what happened. First drive, seven plays, 75 yards, Uh, six of those are passing plays. They just go up and down the field with ease, and so... uh, I feel like they thought about, hey, how are the Titans going to come into this game? What are the Titans going to be thinking? And what the Titans were going to be thinking was, hey, we've got to stop the run. We can't let Jalen Hurts kill us with his legs. And they realized that. They leaned into the easiest path instead of banging their heads against the wall and proving they were the quote-unquote tougher, more physical team. And all they do is 26 first downs, 453 yards. The Titans had not allowed... More than 20 points in the last eight games, the Eagles had 21 at halftime, finished with 35-point score on four of their first seven possessions. I mean, through three quarters when this game was over, Jalen Hurts had 375 passing yards, Eagles had 411 total yards. 22 first down. So uh, I thought, you know, we, we've had different shows this year where we've called out the coaching staff uh, in, in um, pretty much every week, a good way, especially the offensive coaching staff, that Cowboys game specifically. But I thought this was another example of, Hey, game planning. What's our best chance to win? What's the other team going to do? How can we win in different ways? What do we trust? What do we want to lean into? And that's what they did here. So that was one of my big takeaways from this performance.
1: I, uh, the, there is a hat tip to the coaching staff that absolutely is there. Like, this was a consummate win. Everybody did a great job. To me, the the absolute headliner, the number one, is Jalen Hurts. This is the best game Jalen Hurts has played.
0: Well, Get I had to save it. that for you.
1: Oh, I, I appreciate it. <laughs> this is the best game Jalen Hurts has played. Uh, Hurts, 0.5 uh, EPA per drop back on 50 plays. Uh, completion percentage of 80% on an ex- expected completion percentage of 66%. That's a completion percentage over expectation of 14.2. There's your data. When you watch, he didn't make a wrong decision. He, he, he didn't make a bad decision all game. And, and there have been games in which Hertz has uh, largely made the correct decision in a very simple offense. Talked about it a lot, read options and RPOs. There were games in which Hertz has made wrong decisions in that simple offense. The Colts game, wrong decisions on poll reads, give reads, whatever. They ran a a big boy offense. Like, this was drop-back pass, right? Like, you're you're very right that, like, the Titans came out worried about the run. Eagles came out throwing the football on them. Titans pretty quickly defensively got into their typical pass defense stuff. They were in, like, two high shells light boxes by the second quarter. Hurts just... Drop back, reading quarters, throwing Jack Stoll open, middle of the field, getting through the progression, finding Devontae Smith on the backside of a post. Yeah, against how about that? Yeah, he said not get the backside of a concept from the pocket. Now, big part of the reason why that Hurts was was able to do this is because of the established threat of his legs, not in this game, but in the games previous we've talked on the show before uh the way that that some teams will not really rush Jalen Hurts they'll try to 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 move the pocket a little bit they'll try to to make him a little bit uncomfortable and then expect him to leave the pocket and then they'll go and they'll chase him down right so instead of asking Bud Dupree hey Bud Dupree go one-on-one with Jordan Mylata, beat him you know quick rip and then get to where the quarterback's gonna be and try to sack him they say hey Bud just like get into Mylata's chest and then disengage and when when Hurts leaves the pocket. You go chase him down. You know what Hurst just didn't do all game? He just didn't scramble. It just didn't leave his Sto- pocket. Like,
0: he stood in the pocket for, it felt like, 10 seconds. On I, I don't know that. I, I look forward to watching the film. I don't remember a quarterback ever being able to just sit there for that long. And then, yeah, pretty soon you're like, wait, this isn't just the pass protection. This is the Titans not rushing. And you're right. He just stood in there and made the throws.
1: Yep. Which I st- I, I have a, a couple of clips from just the broadcast that, that I might put up. But the alternate two, the same thing. You can see the Titans. The four-man rush. They'll at the snap go upfield they'll initiate and then they'll they'll get off the gas a little bit and they'll wait for Hurts to break the pocket and hurts just sat there and just diced up a very good secondary with with uh getting to the correct reads and with processing and with finding the space with uh being decisive on checkdowns he had multiple throws to miles sanders in this game where the ball's out right now uh, yes. and then in giving his one-on-one opportunities right where's 11 where's that big fella i'm gonna put the ball up for aj let him do a little bit of work like that um and, and to blend all three of those things and to understand when each situation called for what and when to stay for a little bit longer on a first read because you trust your receiver, and when to get off of that first read and get to the backside, to be quick to get rid of the ball, to do all of that a week after the Packers game was completely and totally defined by him breaking the pocket is the single greatest sign of Jalen Hurts' development that I've, I've seen this season. Like, they, I, I, if, if you could string together... A few of these games across the course of the end of the season and and, and, and and into the playoffs, I'd sign Jalen Hurts to any extension you want. This is the best, most emphatic case for Jalen Hurts as a second contract franchise quarterback who can beat you in every different way against every different defense with his head, with his eyes, with his arm, with his legs, no matter what, this game is like a huge case in point for him making those improvements. Processing from the pocket, in the dropback passing game, managing space, getting to a bunch of different reads, throwing to a bunch of different receivers, throwing with accuracy, throwing guys open—the whole gamut. This is the best game Jalen Hurts has played, and and uh, hugely dominant, easy performance against an AFC playoff team. As a result, the Eagles are so good everywhere. Brown, Devontae, offensive line, defensive line, pass rush, cornerbacks—they're so good everywhere. When they get a Hurts performance like this, they beat every team in the league. Chiefs, Bills, Bengals, Ravens, Cowboys, who you want? They beat every team in the league if they play like this with the quarterback playing like that.
0: Thinking about that in my head, thinking if I agree. I don't think there's a big separation. I would I with the Bills uh and the Chiefs playing the way they play, but I agree. Right. I agree I mean, with your overall. There's yeah. there's
1: games they've won this year where if they played that way against like Bills Chiefs, they're gonna lose. They play this way against Bills Chiefs. Yeah, yeah, that's a I mean, player. the
0: Titans were what tenth in defensive DVOA coming in. This wasn't like a this wasn't a cupcake team. It's a team that plays hard, doesn't beat itself, uh, is physical, can be intimidating to certain opponents, and like that was not a part of this game. If any, if anything was a part of this game with the Eagles doing that uh, to the Titans. So yeah, I mean, the fact that Jalen Hurts can go from a game where he sets records as a rusher last year and then to in this game throw for. What he threw over three hundred and eighty yards, and it, it like it didn't even feel like he was doing anything out of his, uh, you know, it, you know what I mean. Like it didn't feel like, oh my gosh, wow, this is not. Uh repeatable I guess is the word I'm looking for was just like okay yeah the offense is working he's making the plays and then you look up and he's just got these monster numbers uh, at the end and you've blown the team out and he's sitting on the bench because he doesn't even have to finish the game because they're ahead by somewhere 29 for 39 for 380 and three touchdowns averages 9.7 yards per attempt only rushes five times for uh 12 yards one of those was a touchdown two of those were on that same possession there uh in the red zone did not have a run over four yards so yes there are many uh tools in the toolbox uh clubs in the bag what's what's your go-to i feel like you should uh, have i like tools. you you have we have something about a quiver don't you
1: yeah i like tools in the toolbox and arrows in the quiver Especially for a quarterback, okay. arrows in the quiver, like in terms of different throws, that's a nice. I think, like, thing like Hawkeye with different stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I did. Now know what a lot, is a quiver
0: exactly? Is that that's the bag you hold yeah, your arrows you know what in? You what a quiver is. I don't yeah, know. Do brush I brush up like, on your do
1: medieval? Do I look like a man who goes out and,
0: and fires some bows and arrows? Come on, nah, I would hurt, hurt myself instantly. That's what
1: you got to do. Okay. Uh, right. Yeah, a lot of tools in the tool chest, and that's where okay. your your coaching staff point is kind of dovetails in. Right? Is that, uh. Again, like let's let's compare this team to the big guys. Chiefs, Bills, uh, who else you want in there? Cowboys, uh, you know, Bengals, right? Of uh, the winning against the Chiefs, I think the Bengals are up there. Uh this Eagles team is so versatile. And you can't be versatile without being extremely well coached. It takes it, it NFL coaches like to dictate. They like to say this is what we do and we do it better than everybody else. And the Eagles coaching staff says, What do you not like us doing. What do you dislike? We're going to do that really well this week. It's going to be a Jalen Hurts handoff to Miles Sanders game this end. It's going to be a Jalen Hurts keep the ball and run that game. It's going to be an A.J. Brown game this game. It's going to be a Devontae Smith game that game. Dallas Goddard's going to come back. It's going to be a Dallas Goddard game. What do you hate? Where are you weak? Like in this this Titans game with the injuries, for example. Uh, Oh, like, you know, you're trusting your corners one-on-one. Well, we like our matchups. And then Christian Fulton goes down with injury. We really like our matches. We on the really outside. like our matches. Yeah, yeah and here yeah. we go. And David Long goes down. <laughs> now we can work the middle of the field. And like just the... Uh, the uh, why aren't more teams like this? Why aren't more teams more versatile? Like The Cowboys tend to be a little like, this is how we win on defense. This is how we win on offense. Like We live and die by like Dak processing in the pocket. We live and die by the four-man rush. It's, well, it's because like that's kind of their strengths. But also it's because they're not as well coached as the Eagles. The Eagles are willing to say, we change our identity. We're a chameleon team. And that is, is very unique and very important across the league, the league landscape.
0: Uh, Another takeaway, I think this was a Howie Roseman game. I feel like we haven't talked a lot about Howie Roseman uh, this season. I've been critical of Howie Roseman in the past when I thought it was fair to be critical of Howie Roseman. And in this, watching this game and how it played out, I mean, you can't play the way they played unless you have such confidence that you're going to win those one-on-one matchups. Unless Jalen Hurts can look outside and say, I've got A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. I can just let it rip. They're going to win. They're going to make plays. You cannot play that way unless you have those two guys. And they have those two guys. The way they rushed the passer, Hassan Reddick and Josh Sweat. It felt like every third and long are getting after the quarterback and I'll you know rewatch it. It didn't feel like they were doing tons of creative stuff. It felt like there was uh, a lot of them just beating the Titans offensive of tackles, and I know the Titans are injured, but still, you have Hassan Reddick and Josh Sweat, and so you can win that way. Javon Hargrave, Fletcher Cox, uh, also in this game, and so uh, there are a lot of reasons why the Eagles are 11 and 1. Jalen Hurts, uh, this coaching staff you just mentioned. But the roster is really freaking good and it's really roster's healthy. The roster is unbelievable. Dude. R- right now. The roster is unbelievable. You can't all the things you just mentioned about being a chameleon and being able to hey, you can win with defense this week, pass rush this week, coverage this week, O-line dominates this week, run game, scrambles, Pat, all those things are not available. Oh to every coach in the NFL and to every team in the NFL. And they're available to this team. And so the roster, it really stood out, uh, in this game, just the specific edges they had and those high leverage plays, those big plays that played out in this game. A lot of those were just because you had more talent at those specific spots. And you had a coaching staff that was willing to let that talent shine one-on-one. And so, uh, this to me stood out also as kind of a, a Howie Roseman game where he can look at it and, uh, take, take a little whiff, uh, afterwards as he's celebrating an 11 and one start
1: jonathan gannon game yeah the way how's the defense supposed to work we load up against the run we stop you on first down we get to a passing down we let our front do work we drop seven we're really good in coverage and we get off the field they were what the titans were what four for 11 on third down or something like that uh, regularly facing second and eight, regularly facing third and six. Uh, four I even for thought, fourteen. Four for fourteen. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the uh, I even thought like going through the game like they get to, like a second and eight, and I'd be like, all right, like run it again. Like the Eagles are giving you a four down front, they wouldn't do it. Like they wanted it. the Titans really thought they could throw the football. Tannehill scrambling to get drives together. The coverage on the back end is that good. Once Traylon Burks goes down with injury, mind you, uh, the Titans' active receivers on game day are Nick Westbrook-Akina. Robert Woods, and C.J. Board. So, for those of you doing the math at home, this team brought four active receivers into the game. Very bold. I love it. I, You build the team a certain way. Once you build it such that you only need four active receivers on game day, you should get a little hot under the collar. You should get a little worried. And once Burks goes down, now you're in a passing script, and you can't even go four wide if you want. It's a tricky spot to be in. But... We, when we were worried about this game, you picked the Titans to win. I picked the, the, the Titans to cover. We thought it was going to be tough. It's going to test your desire to play football. We thought they were going to be able to establish the run early and often on this defense. They did not. Uh, and nope. Jordan Davis comes back for this game. I didn't see much reporting on this. Uh, he was playing with Linval Joseph in five down fronts. He was playing like over the tackle and the guard instead of over the nose. In the second quarter, he got turned over like real bad, like right at the snap. And then he was pointing to his leg and hobbling. I didn't see him on the second half film, and I may have missed him because I was ripping through it. Uh, But he, I thought,
0: I thought I saw him on special teams. Uh, So he played six total uh, defensive snaps in this game, and and yes, they did mention during the broadcast that uh, he was pointing to his uh, ankle and he left the game with an ankle injury. I thought now I could have been looking at uh, somebody else there on special teams no, he could was he
1: was a a whatever the side protector is on field goal and yeah I, he
0: was squatting right. there i was like how does he do that how does he sit like that i would be in such pain and he's a much larger man than i am
1: i'm into it i, I couldn't <laughs> love it more i just find that to be hilarious that he's doing that especially like i don't know if he was banged up like that was very odd but regardless so like, it's not a davis comes back and fit and like you know run defense to solve the story it's Lindvold and Sue and Javon Hargrave and Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham and Josh Splatt and Hassan Reddick just did the dang job. Uh, uh, TJ Edwards played very physical. TJ Edwards, you know, strapped the chin strap up a little bit, right? I've been talking about wanting t- to see TJ play faster, play harder in a contact. He did that today. Uh, Kaiser White goes out. N'Kobe Dean comes in. Man, N'Kobe. <laughs> he
0: was ready to play, <laughs> This young man's he? a bat out of hell. Holy
1: smokes. <laughs> he flies, dude. He, uh and then he right he had he had a great rep of I, I can't remember i think it might have been an RPO but they're they're just running curl flat right they're running like the most basic concept you ever saw and N'Kobe sniffs it out right away, buzzes to the curl immediately. He's he's to the curl so fast, he bumps the receiver. And then so the ball's going to the flat. He's already moving to the flat, and you're like, this is the best play I've ever seen. And then he goes to tackle Jeff Swaym, and you're like, oh, you're a little small, aren't you? He just bounces right off Jeff Swaym, and you're like, ah, oh, right. That's why you're a third-round rookie who's not out here right now. So he came out, and he had good energy, and he 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 held his water, which yeah. is nice because like you, know, you don't know when you're going to need to stick it back in there, and somebody else gets banged up. Uh, but the, the, front seven played a wonderful game, defending the run, uh, physical winning their blocks, one-on-one tackling Henry, which is always tough to do. And then they got to passing downs. Holy Moses. I was, I, I, I bit my tongue a little bit talking about the pass rush last week where I was like, you don't want to get too much. And like, it's a hot and cold sort of a thing. And like, you wish you got a little bit more here and there. It's like, it's tough to just say like, Hey, pass rush, just dominate, just be better. Like, that'd be amazing, but that's not how the league works. Well, that's how it worked against the Tennessee Titans today. I mean, uh, yeah. Hassan Reddick and Josh Sweat were both just in in the exact vein in which they always are. Reddick right at the snap with Bend, Sweat throughout the down with power, just constantly winning. And then the interior, Sue had his moment. Hargrave had a nice rush. Fletch was pushing the pocket on the stunts. Like the, everybody got theirs. Everybody got a little bit. Brandon Graham had the drive ending sack. Like. They, they, they did exactly what you'd yeah. like for them to do with the amount of money you've spent with the veterans that you have, exactly what you'd like for them to do. And hopefully, as the season goes on, their legs continue to be fresher relative to the offensive lines they're facing. They'll continue to have games like this. But a dominant, dominant performance on the defensive line. And hat tip to Gannon because this is the way the defense is supposed to work. And when it works, it works really well.
0: We will take a quick break and we'll come back, talk a little bit more about the defense and a little about the NFC playoff picture.
2: This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere, get tickets now. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with $25,000
0: All right. We're back. Yeah, absolutely. The d- The defense was fantastic. 209 yards allowed, 11 first downs allowed. Derrick Henry, 11 for 30. I mean, usually there's at least one possession where he'll get going a little bit. That didn't even happen in this g- game. You mentioned it. Hargrave had a sack on third down uh, where Reddick got pressure. Uh, Fletcher Cox had a coverage sack on third down. Josh Sweat had a sack on third down. So uh, Reddick and Sweat again on a third down in the third quarter. So they gave up those two drives in the first half. They gave up 10 points. And then they freaking dominated the game. I mean, the next five drives after that, after that field goal, no points, uh, five punts and a total of eight yards on the next five drives. A total of eight yards on the next five drives after that field goal. Six sacks, nine quarterback hits in all. Uh, One thing we've talked about with the defense is the turnover stuff. Well, how much is it? This game, they didn't get a takeaway. They had their highest success rate of any game this season, uh, in this game. So sound performance turnovers are great. Again, you want turnovers, but you also want to be good when you don't get those takeaways and they just whoop the Titans, uh, from start to finish in this game, even the touchdown drive, like you mentioned, it's Tannehill with a couple scrambles and then Tannehill making a great throw and Traylon Burks making a, a great catch where he gets uh, leveled there by Marcus Epps, but that really was it. And then there was the Aconquo uh, 40 yard Catch and run, like that was the Titans' offense. Beyond the, I just spell. If you could spell out a team's offense in like eight seconds, like I just did, uh, they didn't have a very good day, and the defense had a good day. Uh, I was with you with Dean. Like I, I got we get questions every week. I, I filter through the questions, and there's always a question about Nakobe Dean. And I'm like, all right, you know, I think we answered it once, but it was like, I don't know. Do you, you really want to switch it up now? Uh, it was fun to watch him out there. He played 15 snaps. I'm with you. He was flying around. He looked like he had sort of just been waiting. By the way, he also had a very good special teams tackle. I think special teams did, showed yeah. up today. Best special teams game of the season, I think, easily uh, with the Britton Covey returns. Nicobe uh, Dean had a hit. I think it was Ellis had the other big hit there on coverage. So maybe that's a sign of a turnaround, or it could be a one uh, a one game event. So you Brent mentioned Covey it uh, had
1: like over a hundred returning yards. Which yeah, is in part yeah, he had there two were, like, really good ones. Puns, but still, like, hey, yeah, yeah, he had two good returns.
0: Yeah, I, it was impressive. Uh, Linville Joseph played 13 snaps in this game, uh, and Sue played 24 snaps in this game. But Sue was out there, I think, like still in the fourth quarter with the. Because even yeah. when you pull the starters, like somebody has to, uh, somebody has to play, and so he was the guy who ended up still having to play. Let me see how many plays did the uh, Titans have in all? They didn't run a lot of plays, right? Oh, they had. No, that's, that's yards they had. How many plays did they have? 53 plays. So, yeah, they did not yeah. run a ton of plays. Eagles had 67 plays in this game. So just a complete win. I mean, defense, offense, special teams, we just mentioned it. Mentioned it quality opponent, you're down Goddard, you're down Avante Maddox. I mean, those aren't, you know, the biggest injury. The Goddard injury is big, but, uh, you know, other teams are dealing with more at this time. But still, uh, you got through it, and you played really well. All right, here's one other thing I've got here the Cowboys game on Christmas Eve might not matter. I went into this game thinking, oh baby, that Cowboys game on Christmas, we thought that's going to be the difference between the one seed and the five seed. If then now we're recording this before the Cowboys uh, are even playing. But if you look at the rest of this, the Eagles have five games left and they have a two game lead over the Cowboys. If you go four and one and lose the Cowboys game, you're the top seed in the NFC. Cause you're going to have a better record than the Cowboys and you win the tie break over the Vikings. So it, you really, you look at it, you take care of business against the giants twice, the bears and the saints, all four games where you will be at least a touchdown favorite. What do you think? Bears giants? on, do you think uh, at the road uh, that, at the giants? At me, what do you York? think they'll be? I don't know what were they against Washington. I can't remember what were the Eagles at home against Washington oh, uh, like a couple weeks digit. ago. They were like nine. Oh, a they were okay. 10, yeah. But this is on the road. Yeah, uh, t- ten, ten and, and a half. Three. Cliff says for that game. Okay,
1: I would say um, yeah. Giants. I think is 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 a tricky one. Which like you know that tie is freaking irritating. Just in terms yes. of like understanding I do not the odds need another tie. There, yeah. I do it's not need
0: another tie.
1: Yeah. But, <laughs> so, I <laughs> uh, so that'd be the one to be I'd be questionable about. But I think right, you you should handle their the business there. The Cowboys game may not matter as much because of the Brock Purdy injury. In the event that it matters, it matters a lot. <laughs> or not the Brock Purdy injury, I should say. The Brock Purdy now starting because of the Jimmy Garoppolo injury. The Niners are the Cowboys' kryptonite, man. The 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 Niners being I, I, like knocked down the peg in terms of of NFC contention. To me, is is like Mike McCarthy just wipe his brow Woo! we're good baby we'll be all right here we go like that that Niners team is just such a difficult matchup stylistically for what the Cowboys do that it's hugely beneficial to the Cowboys you do not want to be having a knucklehead reason to lose home field advantage now like it, it the NFC playoff is so like oh, the, I, it's I, set up for knockwood 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 it's so set up it's so clean you could be playing, seeing like division rivals, like teams that you know really well. You're gonna have some like rematches. You have the Vikings you've already played. Like there's just so much there. It's set up nice for the Eagles. Now no Niners. Just there's no reason to be playing games on the road. Handle your business.
0: Do you think the Niners are gonna win the NFC West still with Brock Purdy, or do you think it'll be the Seahawks? Niners are eight and four. Seahawks are seven and five. I haven't looked at their schedules, but uh, that's sort of interesting to kind of keep an eye on. Uh, it is this those, Seahawks those team. Teams.
1: Worries me. Like I don't think we are. They're frisky. They're fr- No, I I I meant worries me in the other direction. I like like in terms of like, oh, who's winning okay. this NFC team, NFC West. I don't think we're properly calibrated to the fact that the Seahawks needed a game-winning drive to beat the John Walford led Aaron Donald-less yeah, uh, Los Angeles Rams. Uh, that this off of losses to the Raiders, who are definitely bad, and the Bucks, who are. Probably definitely bad. They, uh, uh, the defense is not trustworthy, and so I'm not sure that the, the Seahawks are able to steal this thing away from the Niners. With that said, uh, again, like, in the NFC right now, I'm worried about the Dallas Cowboys... And like maybe I bite those, I maybe I eat those words, but that's who I'm worried about right now. I, I think that's, it's I think that, I think Eagles else, or Cow-
0: Eagles or Cowboys are going to the Super Bowl. I think. Yeah. I mean, Cliff's asking about the Vikings. I mean, come on, how many games are they going to win? Like they won. I mean, the Jets were what in the yeah. red where they kicked f- field goals on five straight possessions in there. I mean, they had a great chance to. I yeah. listen. If Kirk Cousins comes to the link and uh, and beats the Jalen Hurts Eagles, I'll give him all the credit in the world. Right. I don't think that that. If that happens, I don't think that's going to happen. Here's a, uh, here's Anything a good, can happen. Here's a
1: good Vikings uh, stat for you. So I, I I was looking this up after they had the pick in the Jets game because they, they won the game on a pick. I was like, I feel like I've seen this before. So the Vikings have, Every won, game. Nine, the, the Vikings have won nine of their last ten games. All nine wins have been one-score wins, okay? Yeah. The one loss was the 37-point loss to the Cowboys. The other yeah. nine games have all been one-score <laughs> wins. The end of those nine wins have included... A Josh Metellus game winning pick against the Lions, 17 seconds left. A Cam Danzler forced fumble fumble recovery against the Bears, with a minute 12 left. The Josh Allen fumble on the quarterback sneak with 41 seconds left. And then this Cam Bynum interception in the end zone against the Jets with 16 seconds left. Not included, it's not a turnover, is the Will Lutz double doink miss in London on the 61 yarder (laughs) to tie the game and send it to overtime. That's not real, man! You're a good yeah. team, but that's fake. You can't keep doing yeah. that. That that's got to stop. So I don't I don't buy with the Vikings.
0: I don't I I do not buy. I think Eagles or Cowboys are going to the Super Bowl. I mean that is how I now I said the Cowboys game on Christmas Eve might not matter, but you're not going to know whether it matters or not. So it's going to be a great game, and they're both going to play. And uh, you know if you lose the game there, then all of a sudden the final two games become very uh interesting or who knows maybe some maybe a one of them drops a game before then or something weird happens we've seen that happen before but uh it's not i went into this weekend thinking since i picked the eagles to lose i was thinking oh my gosh that christmas eve game is just going to be for everything and i can easily back off on that a little bit here all right what else do we have to get to uh these penalties I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what there's to say about it. 12 for 80 overall. They had more false starts in this game five than they had in the first nine weeks combined. They had six penalties for 40 yards in the first quarter. Uh, I don't really have an explanation. I mean, false starts are false starts. Those aren't like subjective calls, but there were other ones, obviously.
1: I, in watching this offensive film back twice, like double checked and then triple checked that the game was in Philadelphia. Why are you all starting at home? Stop! Stop it! It's just, this is not hard. Go off the cadence. Now, I try. I tried to find like some remark from Sirianni about why they had all these procedural pedal, penalties early. I couldn't find anything. Uh, the the Titans were like. Uh, here's my theory: The Eagles know Jim Schwartz. The Eagles know that Jim Schwartz's line tries to anticipate the snap count. The Eagles walk into the game and say we're gonna do a lot of hard counts. I mean the Eagles very rarely do. The Eagles just like are not a cadence team at all, right? Like you have your Aaron Rodgers of the world and, and, and like Jimmy Garoppolo's who walk up and like and like ah you know, check and like move and audible. The Eagles just don't do this. Which like is cool. There's no reason to. So there are gonna be a hard count team. And they just did not practice it enough or well enough. Didn't have yeah. the cadence right. Like like Hertz has got to know how to do it correctly and like yada yada whatever. And they just came in with so many issues that they're like, all right, screw this. Like we're not we're just hurting ourselves at this point. And then they, they, it seemed to my eyes that they'd st- they, they did fewer hard counts did fewer dummy counts. And then they had fewer false starts. Uh, they were getting movement on the Titans lines. Like they were like learning, okay, like this guy's, this guy's coming from the second level. Like they were getting information. It's just that the, the offensive line can hold their water, which if the offensive line is this good at everything. And the one thing they can't do is a hard count. I'm fine with it. I'm, I'm willing to make that exchange. They're so dominant everywhere else. If it turns out they're Achilles heels, hard counts. I'm over it.
0: Yeah, maybe we'll get some more information on it uh, next couple of days, and we'll come back revisit it in the midweek uh, pod. But yeah, it's not like this has been some type of issue we've seen every week or something. It was just kind of a weird thing that happened today. I'll tell you what. What I loved was. Just like, and we've talked about Hurts being sort of unshakable, and it's not just Hurts, but, you know, they had that, like, sequence where the Devontae Smith catch is reversed. I think very next throw, he rips the throw to Jack Stoll for 26 yards. Then same drive, A.J. Brown feels like he made a great catch. Oh, no, his toe is out. Right back, next play, double move, he knocks over Christian Fulton, and he's in the end zone for a touchdown. So, I, I, I mean... I don't want to make a big thing out of like a little little sequence like that, but it just goes to what we've seen all year where like bad things happen and it doesn't feel like it's the end of it. I mean, I hate when coaches constantly are just like, well, you know, we had a penalty on that drive and that's why the whole drive didn't succeed. Well, teams have penalties. Good teams overcome those things uh, and the Eagles are able to do that and Hurts is able to do that. So I thought that was another thing that was really impressive. What'd you think of the the end of the first half there? Uh, I loved that they were going for it and they were trying to score. And then they had the weird last play where they threw a screen and just tried to pad their stat. Do you think that was just stats, pad, pad some of a no, stats? No, I think,
1: I think this team believes in screen passes more than any team <laughs> you've ever met. <laughs> that they, they uh, off of the way that they operate, they'll look at that play and go, we had, we had, the exact look we wanted we had Devontae smith behind two <laughs> offensive linemen and leading receivers we should have scored why didn't we score I guess man it's just like it's a screen like i don't you can't he's 170 yeah. pounds i know he's tough but like he's just not debo you can't it's not gonna work yeah um listen and for all Devontae smith fantasy owners and and betters happy birthday you know and merry yeah. christmas but for the point of scoring points, I would rather they just throw it into the end zone. Hurts can throw it. Like, he can make that throw. Not going to get into, yeah, like, they a, were, do what, they like trust like a him to do or something? this that? Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, it's it, I, they just really, really think. Like, they're so enamored with the speed and movement skills of their offensive line that they call him Mary Screens. That's where this coaching staff is at. <laughs> Again, same thing with the, the, the hard count, though. If this is the weakness of the coaching staff, I accept
0: yeah, that's okay. Uh, Devontae Smith, 5 for 102 and a touchdown. Yeah, that got him over 100, though, that uh, that screen there in the half. Otherwise, he would not be have been over 100. Maybe he's got a little clause in his contract or something. A.J. Brown, I mean, we've talked about A.J. Brown, but we haven't really talked about A.J. Brown. I guess 8 for 119 and two touchdowns against his former team. You just kind of knew that he was going to have a big game. Uh, he did have a big game. The one catch was called back. Then he gets the touchdown on the double move. And then the other touchdown, I I was reading his quotes about this after the game. He was saying he's just kind of a clear out uh, usually on that play. And uh, the ball, he he looked up, the ball came to him, and the ball was in a perfect spot, and he caught it.
1: He is as covered as any player in the history of football has been covered. The ball bounced off of the cornerback's shoulder pad before A.J. Brown secured it if you want to understand how much trust jalen hurts has in aj brown he threw to him on a route which he was not live and just he he didn't hit him he hit the defensive back (laughs) and the Eagles scored seven points (laughs) yeah that's 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 aj at the catch point that's that's the earned trust that that player has that's a little bit fragile it's a little bit Maurice, you know, again, like, it's like the, the touchdown he threw, the first one to A.J. Brown against the Steelers, Minka Fitzpatrick got in, right? Uh, they could, could have intercepted it, overshot, and A.J. caught it. That was also a clear-out route. I, on that Steelers play, Devontae's wide open. The coaching point there is, like, all right, congratulations on the touchdown. Please throw it to Devontae next time. I, I haven't seen the 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 full film of that A.J. Brown play, yeah. so I don't know if anybody else is open. You, you kind of don't like the fact that Hurts keeps getting rewarded for this because... You're worried uh, about- I disagree
0: with that. Two, if it's two AJ Brown against what's his name, what's that corner's name? Thirty?
1: <laughs> is that Adam? <laughs> this is so
0: mean. He's a professional football player. No, it well, was the, the whole. No, point. it wasn't nah. Fulton on. Uh, it wasn't Fulton on that one. It was the backup. Uh, the backup guy. I forget. Who I got it was. you. It's yeah. so, uh, Avery, Trey Avery. Avery. Yep. Yes, it was Avery. So listen, if you're gonna and he's a rookie, right? Avery. Yep. If you're gonna give me AJ Brown versus Avery in a spot, and I will give Hertz credit, like. Y- those have not been necessarily like, yes, there have been some that have been risky, but I do feel like he does a good job of giving his receivers a chance on those plays. And that is a skill. You see some quarterbacks, they cannot do that. We've talked about it on the extra point taken. Joe Joe Burrow is the king, uh, in my opinion, of this. Jalen Hurts is very good at it. You have a great receiver. It's a one-on-one. You know the game situation. It's not like a you know do-or-die drive. Uh, I feel like it's fine to take the risk. And you are going to be rewarded more than you're going to be hurt. Uh doing that in those spots so i don't know i don't have an i like it i view it as a positive i'm in on it
1: here's what that's why you have
0: aj brown that's why you have aj brown here's
1: what you don't want you don't want like third and seven up by three against the cowboys late in the fourth quarter and hurts decides at the snap before the snap i should say i'm throwing this one-on-one aj brown versus trevon Diggs, no matter what and then it turns out the Cowboys have gotten like a second safety over on, on AJ Brown. Their Trevon Diggs is mugging him in the line of scrimmage. And Quez Watkins is like wide open, eight yards offline. And Hurts is like, boom, the ball's to AJ. What, what you... You you like the fact that the, the relationship is there. What you want to be careful of is like... Is, is predetermination. Especially after a game where like... Hertz was making so many good decisions. You're like, all right, well, you know... It's okay to throw to the non-AJ guy sometimes. With that said... It's awesome that just throw it to
0: AJ. It's (laughs) awesome
1: that it it is objectively hilarious and incredible that Hurts can throw the ball again into the shoulder pad of the defensive back. Not like the one that AJ like landed out of bounds on. Like perfect placement. Yeah, this ball hit the defensive back. Seven points.
0: What's so funny is that, yeah, that one, yeah, you, you described that one perfectly. The other one, they said, according to next gen stats, was the most open touchdown in the NFL since 2017. So, yes, yeah. they were two very different uh, touchdowns for A.J. Brown. No the,
1: uh, uh, people, uh, people were saying that first touchdown for A.J. Brown should have been offensive pass interference, the Christian Fulton one where he mugged him and shoved him to the ground. As I would like to say, a leading connoisseur of offensive pass interference, it's my favorite play in the league. That's not. That's never getting called for offensive pass interference. Mike Vrabel was like post game. He was like, "Oh, Christian Fulton has a right to that space." Nope. Ain't done. Nice. When 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 you're in recovery, Mike
0: Vrabel Mar- saying that, Mister yeah. Tough Guy, Mister Push Everybody Around, is saying that. Come on, Vrabel. When
1: you are losing that badly to the first break of the route, such that when after the out the out and up comes, and you're just out of balance, out of phase, falling over, you you lose all rights. If you get planted, you get planted. He's 225 pounds. That's never getting cold.
0: (laughs) I am still always shocked at NFL players' ability to knock over other NFL players. Like that was what, last week there was a play on film. I think it was Lane Johnson just had like a two-hand, I forget it was a corner or a safety, and the guy just went completely flying. Like who has this type of power in their hands like these men? It's unbelievable to watch. All right. So that was, I'm, I'm going through my offensive notes here to make sure I didn't miss anything else. You mentioned the Devontae Smith. We'll probably circle back to that one when we go to the film. But yeah, that was obvious that he, he went from his right to his left, came back to the backside post. I don't think it was a great throw, but it was awesome, the processing, to get uh, to the throw for the touchdown. We mentioned the two Brown touchdowns. Uh, Those are good. Overall, the Eagles are now tied for second in the NFL offensively in EPA per drive with the Buffalo Bills behind only the Kansas City Chiefs. They are fourth in the NFL in offensive success rate. There's nothing fluky about what they're doing. They don't. I, I was thinking about this. Like, they don't really, have they had, like, a terrible, I mean, I guess the Colts game was a, was a, was a pretty terrible offensive game, but they're pretty, I, I would like to look at their variance numbers yeah. this week, but because it feels like one way or another, they find a way to get to a certain level of, like, competency at the very minimum, and they still have a very uh, high ceiling. So, yeah. offense has just been really impressive.
1: And I would even say that if they played the Colts next week, they wouldn't have that outing again, just because. Oh, they would kill them. They've learned so much about the Goddardless offense and the, when what works and what doesn't, just in like those two short weeks. Like the, other, I, I remember saying it. When we were talking a few weeks ago. Like, what's the number one thing you want to see? And it was Shane Steichen growing this offense up, evolving this offense, staying ahead of the curve. Yeah, box checked. I mean, like this is this was this was as impressive of a play calling game and a drop back game and a, a development game. Once Jack Stole's catching twenty yard catches, you're cooking. <laughs> You can't lose. You'll yeah. never die. <laughs> you, you won. Game over. Uh, and so they uh, the, they're in a, such a good spot, and then they're gonna get Goddard back in a more grown up version of the offense that like doesn't need him to like you know solve as many problems for them. Yeah, Goddard backs can be fun.
0: It, it's a great point. Think about it. They come off their worst offensive game of the season, and the following week. They run for 363 yards in this like, you know, it's not they, they're getting killed with the zone read stuff against the Colts. They come back and they run uh, all these different schemes, the traps, uh, the tackle pulls, the QB counter bad. They, they run everything under the sun against the Packers and just absolutely house them on national TV. And then they come back the next week after that and do what you did dis- just described. I mean, that that is very, uh, very impressive offensively. All right. Let me see. Do I have anything else here for the defense? No, I think we talked about all the deep injuries. Uh, I saw Jeff McLean said Quez Watkins said he thinks he'll be fine. He had a little shoulder injury. Uh, Jordan Davis, we mentioned, we'll just have to kind of wait and see. Kaiser White, I guess, is a wait and see. Landon Dickerson came out for a little again. And I guess Andre Dillard should pretty much just expect to play like a series or something every every week here. Dickerson's obviously dealing uh, with something there, but then he came back. In the game. So those were the injuries that we saw. Uh, We mentioned these special teams. I don't know. I got nothing else. This team is in great shape. Enjoy the final five weeks. Knock on wood. If you have any rituals to let your favorite players on your favorite sports team not get injured, this would be the time to break all of those out. Because if yeah. this team is healthy, uh, this team is going to be going on a run. Nothing is guaranteed. Anything can happen. Any given Sunday. All that stuff. But this really could not be setting up any better for them. The NFC sucks right now. There were three teams in contention. Uh, Benny Souls and I have been saying three teams for probably six weeks now, and One of those teams just suffered a season-ending injury to their quarterback, and the other team is in your division and is probably going to have to win multiple games on the road to get there. You have probably like over an 80% chance now. I'll come back with the numbers on Wednesday, but it's got to be over 80% chance to get the one seed uh, in the NFC. And so, listen. It's setting. they che- every week. They seem to check a box of something you want to see them do. Uh, they're continuing to do it. Even me, a, a skeptic of their defense, tip of the cap. This was a great defensive performance, and they're healthy and they're playing well. So uh, I think it's going to be a fun December, January, and uh, after that, who knows? Did I miss anything, Ben? I'm not going to totally. J- now, listen. I'm sure many of you will probably want me to keep picking the opponent uh so maybe listen i can be bribed easily um i'm a bald man i like hats. i like soft t-shirts i'm trying to think of what else Y'all you can cats? bribe me with cats no hats oh I like cats. Cats. i'm a bald I man i guy. have to <laughs> no i have to wear a, <laughs> i have to wear a different hat uh for all these of these podcasts that we do so uh, i can be easily bribed I'm trying to think of what of those, those are a couple of the things that I like. Pizza, I like coffee. I don't know. I'm not just going to spend 10 minutes naming things I like. Maybe You're I'll We're also do that naming just like the most Wednesday. generic things. Like, eh, name, listen.
1: Who's one person who doesn't like pizza, coffee, and hats? Like, that's just like <laughs> those are just top five things. Like, what are we doing? I, I like sunrises. That. That's a good point. I like, you know, being outside, being inside.
0: Pizza, coffee, and hats. That, that's really where it's at.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that.
0: All right. Benny Solz, is there anything else you have to say? Or should we go watch Cowboys-Colts?
1: Best game Jalen Hurts has played. That's the new Ben Solak take on Jalen Hurts' headline. There you go. Everyone hey, here retweet here that here. one, right? Yeah. Email Ben yeah, about see, that see, one. Yeah. I got, okay. over the course of this game, I would wager, at least 100 <laughs> tweets of like, it's a shame they don't trust him. Like, well, it's not a two-minute drill, so it's not what we were talking about. <laughs> Whatever! Go for All it, right. baby!
0: We will watch the film. I, I love when I don't have to watch like, like I'm not watching the Minshew snaps. I love a little shorter film, especially Ooh. the holiday season. If you have kids, we got you know, we got a little annie performance this week. Oh, yeah, we gotta get to. We we got a lot of stuff going on uh, this week with the kids in the holiday season. So when I can cut out a little bit of that, I like being able to do that. So thank you to the Eagles for allowing me to not watch the Minshew snaps, but we will watch the other snaps. We will Look at everything league-wide. We will preview who do they play. The Giants. At the Giants next week. NFC East, 1 o'clock Sunday. We'll preview that Giants game. We'll do all of that in the middle of this week. Continue to rate, review, subscribe, unsubscribe. Email Ben. Do, every, do whatever you want. Well, we appreciate the support for all of that. Oh, and don't forget, you know, now it's getting to crunch time. If you only listen to this pod, you should be listening to Extra Point Taken with mm-hmm. me and Benny Souls on Monday night on the oh, Ringer pods. NFL feed. All of these teams are going to be important to you in the next month or so. And so you want to be able to give you know, a little insight on those. And uh, Sixers pods, too. They did the quarter season awards on this feed. If the Phillies signed Trey Turner, I'm going to have to just jump on here and do a podcast with a pod feed will be alive. All right. Thank you to Benny Souls. We will be back on Thursday to talk film and Eagles Giants on the Ringers Philly Special.